Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. If you have listened to us from the beginning, then you've stuck with us for actually way more than 50 episodes because we did some specials. But technically, this is our 50th podcast. Gab, what are you drinking? Insert celebratory music here. Yeah, sure. I've got time to edit that in. You know what's funny is... uh, that means that you and I have spent probably at least a hundred hours talking to each other in the past two years about soccer and nothing about else. Soccer. I know, right? Like I don't even I don't talk to anybody else Just... over the phone that much. <laughs> I've talked to you more than I've spoken to my parents. Oh, for sure. That's that's an easy one. Considering I talk to my parents like maybe once every two months. Yeah, I. That's not really a high bar. I talk to you more than I talk to my cat sometimes. Um, I talk to you more than I talk to some of my coworkers. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I'd say there. I have some coworkers that um know less about me than you do. Uh huh. That's not true. You actually know a lot about me because a lot of this gets edited. Edited. Oh, listeners, there's so many things I know about Gab, but there's so <laughs> many things she knows about me as well. So it's a two way road. We've got a real scorched earth thing going on here basically what's really bad is you have all of the raw data yes yes i do i have all the raw episodes on hard drives um (laughs) as if i would ever have the patience to go through that as you said it's like over a hundred hours of recordings yeah somewhere someday some serial podcast or is gonna want to be like oh my god gold mine gold mine i was trying to dig through them earlier to find a certain uh segment and i couldn't find it because my labeling system is terrible i just put the date on each episode and (laughs) i need to be describing them better but i haven't been so just describe them on soundcloud and then use soundcloud as your organizational system no it was uh an edited out clip that i wanted to find and listen to again to um reminisce no not to reminisce i wanted to let somebody else listen to it to to give them an example of why I cut certain things out. What? What were you going to cut out? Or what were you going to let somebody else listen to? You remember that time we tried to get really drunk and record an episode, but we got oh, too yeah. drunk and we had to scrap the whole thing? You had it up on SoundCloud for a long time as uh, as unpublished. Did you ever take it down? Oh, maybe. I'll have to go take a look. Anyway... Welcome to our 50th that, episode. <laughs> that one time we got way too drunk. So drunk it was unusable. Yeah, so technically this is our 51st episode because there's one that will never see the light of day. The lost episode. <laughs> yeah, and we had some World Cup specials and stuff, but, you know, I really want to thank everybody who stuck with us from the early days, episode one, the original Olive Garden family. Oh my god. <laughs> And don't don't go bringing that back. So Gab, what are you drinking? Orange juice. Oh, trying to stay healthy. I I am. I um I am in the peak of my busy season at work, and which means I'm never home, and I'm living in hotels and on airplanes. So I haven't been feeling awesome. So I'm I'm drinking some orange mango from Nantucket Nectars. It's good. Um, you're you're having mangoes supporting the league. I am. You're not not just a fan. You're a supporter. I am. Don't don't be just a fan. Be a supporter. I am. I'm in a hotel in Denver 
um, kind of sort of looking at a sunset almost. Going home tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, watching Muppets Burlesque tomorrow night, so I'm stupid excited about that. What are you drinking on this Wednesday evening? You know those Arizona cans they sell for 99 cents a pop and they're giant and you're just like, this is 99 cents. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking my second one of those because it was two for 99 cents at CVS and I've had a lot of sugar today, so. You're ridiculous. Yeah, I know. For 99 cents, huh? 99 cents. You can't beat that. Uh, Is there any nutritional value in that? No, no. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, that shit is going to fuck you up. 680 mil. Yeah, this, and this is my second one. I'm, I'm, I'm only like a, a fifth of the way into it, though. So if I stop now, it's like I only had one, right? Nope. Adult logic. Nope. Because then you spent 20 cents on a $1 beverage. That is not adult logic. You're, that's not adult logic. Whatever, dude. I'm tired. Oh, let's just move on to the soccer. So, Oh, the footy. But yeah, the soccer. Although nothing has really happened in the world of American women's soccer. There's stuff going on in Europe. Many things. Yeah. Euro things. But here in America... I no- mean, there were... Did we... Have we so... Um, did we talk about the last friendlies? When your breaker got a cap? Oh, we actually didn't talk about the last friendly. It's been so long since we recorded that I forgot that we didn't talk about it. I was like, I feel like there should be a celebratory element to your tone. Because, dude, you've got a breaker who got a cap. Not only did she get a cap, Stephanie McCaffrey got a goal. First cap. First cap, first goal. It's fantastic. She joined that elite list of, like, Kristen Press. Yeah. And... Probably other players. I can't think of right now. <laughs> no, I was going to compare her to Kristen Press, which is a great comparison to make. I hope she becomes as omnipresent as, as Kristen Press. I don't think she will. Although with Abby Wambach retiring, there's a little space now to elbow your way in. She's got an elbow pretty pretty damn high. Yeah, but she's got some sharp down. elbows. Some sharp, sharp elbows. Do you know this from personal experience? No. I mean, metaphorically, yes, I have been... I have been... I... Well... Okay, she didn't do it. I self-sabotaged. <laughs> I, 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 Stephanie. My name is Stephanie, too. No, that's not even how bad it was. It was, hi, Steph. I No, it was, hi, Stephanie. I am also Stephanie. That's how awkward it was. Okay, if you're going to talk about one of my most awkward moments in women's soccer, be accurate. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So yeah, how fucking stoked were you when she a come up came on and b um, scored against Brazil? Yeah, against Brazil too. It, it wasn't against some Concacaf minnow. It was Brazil who were looking decent. They were looking that pretty per- decent. Yeah, that first game they were looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was. It was the last minute of the game. I was like, okay, she had a pretty good game. I'll have to be satisfied with. You know, she created some good offense. But then she just runs in and kind of just boop, popped it in. It was, cr- okay. I mean, I I was reduced to just mashing my keyboard in all caps on Twitter. That's it, all I could do. She was taking care of business, man. Yeah, she was. So I think, like, if, if you're going purely on performance, McCaffrey has definitely earned another look in camp. In the next 
four games are all in December. So <laughs> it's my assumption that they're going to call in everybody and it's essentially that roster will be for the next four games unless they decide to do like two and two. Which would be awkward. It would be a little awkward, but I can also understand if they're like, look, we got a lot of people we want to evaluate, so we're going to rotate in after these two games and then look at more people for the next two. That's, I think that would be an acceptable scenario. Scenario. Yeah, but we'll talk more about the friendlies in our next episode. Just for now. Wow. The Boston Breakers produced something good. And then your world crushed. So this is the segment where we talk about the Orlando expansion draft. I like that all I'm going to do is segues. You get to provide content. I'm just going to be like, and then this happened. You're like the narrator on Jane the Virgin. (laughs) I don't watch that show. It's a really good show. But anyway, I'm just going to get this out of the way and then we can talk about other trades. And you can talk while I like sob silently into my hand. It's not going to be silent. Orlando had an expansion draft in early November, and they took my favorite breaker, who the Bo- who Boston left unprotected, you know, like on purpose. They it's not just they didn't have room for her. I they they just they left her unprotected, left her out there all by herself with no protection, and when you do that, what else is going to happen but some marauding Scotsman with a mustache is going to snatch you up. And take you to the fucking wilds of Florida. Oh, God. <laughs> She's gonna hate Florida so bad. I mean, I want her to be happy, but that would be great. <laughs> uh, remember when you used to like Tom Sermani? <laughs> remember when you used to be all about Tom Sermani? We are his enemies now, Thomas. That's kind of what I figured. Your name's no longer Tom. You're Jim, okay? Jim. <laughs> Jim Sermani, that's your name. Jimothy. Jimothy. Jimothy Sermani. He's in the doghouse. The forever doghouse. Yeah, basically. That expansion draft was interesting. It, it was boring. A little bit, although it, some of the picks intrigued me. Really? Like, which ones? Oh, taking young players like Jasmine Spencer and Jamia Fields, like, I guess if you were looking at the Flash roster, those are, that's maybe who you would take, but yeah, he built a very attacking roster so far, and obviously they have a lot of slots to fill, but yeah. Yeah, they do. Don't don't do this. Why are you (laughs) like this? Yeah, they do. And then Tony Presley. I'm not sure that's... That was our best option from the Dash's Unprotected list, but who do, who did you think was the cream of the crop that they took? The, the cream of the crop, huh? Uh-huh. Um, I I think um, Orlando is interesting in the sense like they're going all in. You know they they are fully marketing this team. They're they're doing like everything they can to make sure people people know about it. Um. I mean, I was pretty surprised by the Maddie Evans pick, just from a sense of like, whoa, can't believe like Boston. I I honestly didn't even know stuff that Boston left her available. I guess until we did our last podcast, and I joked about how funny that would be if Orlando took her, and so I guess I'm partially to blame. Yeah, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny, was it, Gab? 
it, it wasn't it funny. It is. It is kind of funny. I don't think there is really cream to this crop. I'm a little intrigued as to how uh, Orlando's going to play in the midfield. Because right now, Maddie Evans is it. And Kaylin Kyle. Like. Oh, yeah. She plays she she plays where she wants to play. <laughs> okay. She doesn't she doesn't really have a uh, a position per se. She's um, just Kaylin. But yeah, I um I I was just intrigued to see how the whole Ross uh the whole trade with the Thorns was going to play out and played out in the most boring way possible, which is fine. But yeah. I'm a little meh about the pride just because uh I want them to actually do something. And right now they're they're still trying to trying to fill all their holes. How do you feel about having Kling as a Portland Thorn? I'm still standing by like Kling potentially being capital. Do you think she's going to be better for you than she was for the Dash? Maybe, but I'm also wondering, okay, you're Mark Parsons. You just got this job in Portland. You want to make a splash. What players do you actually want to bring to Portland? Marta? Well, uh, what players do you actually want to bring to Portland that Laura Harvey will not block? <laughs> that Mar- Laura Harvey won't intercept at customs and take for herself? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's some English players that he might be looking at who he'd want to get. Yeah, I'm also wondering if he or Merritt Paulson are looking at bigger fish in the uh, U.S. Women's National Team. Oh. Like, I'm wondering if they're putting pieces together and stacking their chips in the hopes of making a trade to, let's say, back to Houston. Okay. Let's say maybe Carly Lloyd's not entirely happy there. Okay. What would you need to make a trade for Carly Lloyd? What would you need to make a trade for an Amy Rodriguez? Well, for Carly Lloyd, they'd have to, like, hold James Galanis hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I think Portland could do. <laughs> Are you saying Merritt Paulson's like a mafia boss who can... Oh, for sure. For sure. That that guy has, like, no street cred to himself, but he has people. And he sends Carly Lloyd, like, a, a picture of Galanis holding up that day's newspaper. Yeah, and, and a box of voodoo donuts. <laughs> if and you like, want to see here. your coach again. Now. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I would appreciate Megan Klingenberg playing for Portland. I just, I don't think she's done being a nomad. You think they're... Okay, so just to lay it out and be really obvious, not for sure. my sake, but for other people's sake. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, not because you were following along with what I was saying. No, no, I, I completely understand. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand all okay. your implications. We, we definitely communicate well. Uh, oh, that, like, I've been told by so many people lately that my communication skills are awesome. You think... Merritt Paulson is holding Megan Klingenberg as a reserve so that when the time comes, he can push all his chips into the center of the table and go, actually, we'll take Carly Lloyd. Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe we'll take Amy Rodriguez. Or maybe we'll take Christian Press. Because the Thorns did trade away McCall Zerboni and Sinead Farley to Boston. hmm So there's some pieces there that need rearranging or replacing or shoring up. 
And you think Carly Lloyd's how they're going to do it? Maybe? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking butts in seats. Because, oh, butts because in seats. Because we don't have bacon anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have Alex Morgan anymore. How are we going to get butts in seats is probably the next big question. And if you're from Portland, you're like, oh my God, Gab, shut up. Because we don't need a big name to get people into the stadium. But, I mean, if you're Merrick Paulson, you're probably thinking, holy shit, who am I going to put on that billboard? I mean, I was going to say, yeah, like, is Portland really that worried that attendance will drop without Morgan? Okay, let's say they continue as they have, and they just don't have Morgan, and they don't bring in, like, a big Alex Morgan-level name like Carly Lloyd to replace her. And they Mm -hmm. have basically Christine Sinclair's, their big, big marquee name. Mm -hmm. Do you think attendance drops by a significant amount? No. Okay. No, I don't I don't think the attendance is going to drop by because of who is on the roster. I think attendance would drop if it stays boring. Which Portland soccer in the last two seasons has been sort of well, all three seasons has been kind of boring. Um there've been those games where oh my god, a, a goalkeeper header, but we had to have a goalkeeper header to tie a match, you know, in in last second of the game. Um, there have been some exciting matches, but I don't, I don't think the, the Thorns historically have played pretty soccer. And I think that women's soccer fans, um, supporters, uh, like pretty soccer. They like going out and kind of going like, Oh dude, did you just see what that happened or whatever. Um, whereas like, you know, if you're taking a bunch of kids out and this is like an event, like a going to a movie or going out to a ball game or something like that, maybe you're caring less about the quality of action on the pitch. So I think that's a, that's a deeper question. Like what would eventually impact attendance at Providence park? I'm sure there are probably those thousand people that are like, fuck the Portland thorns. They got rid of Alex Morgan. I'm never going to another game ever again, but see ya. Mm -hmm. Adios. I think you're right. Thorne's attendance doesn't go down, but neither does it go up. Right. So, and yeah, even though your average attendance is great and, you know, pulling a profit at the moment, of course, every owner in front office wants to see increases from season to season. So, but you said fans will start to leave if it's boring. Do you think Portland is more exciting with Lloyd as opposed to Kling? Like, with a big midfielder as opposed to a sometimes good for her club fullback? I I do. I, I think so. I think uh, Carly Lloyd adds a, a different dynamic on the pitch that Megan Klingenberg can provide. I mean, Kling, Kling is going to score those galazos from, you know, outside the box. She's going to take those chances, and she's also going to get a little hot under the collar and get a little rowdy on the pitch and and that's always fun to watch too. I'm I'm not saying that the the appeal isn't there to have Megan Klingberg for from me. I think if you were to survey and ask, you know, which is more of a household name, Carly Lloyd or Megan Klingenberg, I think that one's easy. I think you're right. I mean it it comes back exactly to why was Alex Morgan you know, the poster girl in Portland when we have Christine Sinclair on the team as well. I'm not going to dive into that because I have a lot of strong feelings on it and we'd be here all night. Well, I know. And I I think we agree. I'm just talking from like a marketing and a strategy standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that if, if I'm Mark Paulson or if I'm Mark Parsons and I just got this gig and I was like, all right, I got to show, I got to like show my value, show my worth. I'm doing this thing for, I'm doing this thing with Orlando because I've got a bigger, a bigger fish in the market as well. Hmm. I, I don't think Mark Parsons came in and three weeks later was able to do this Orlando deal. No, I don't think so either. I think Portland's GM and Merritt Paulson, they have their own plans and Parsons can probably influence some of it. But yeah, there are a lot of balls rolling that he may or may not be able to to stop or speed along, as it were. So Orlando's roster, 12 players currently. They've got the goalkeeper situation all sorted out. They've got a couple of defenders. Midfield's shaky, like you noted, and it's a very attacking team at the at the moment. At the moment. Between Alex Morgan, Sarah Hagen, Leanne Sanderson, uh Jamia Fields, and Jasmine Spencer, it's a decent amount of attack. But they still have to fill eight more spots on the roster. And they have four international spots, which mean and four draft picks. You know, I think it's just too early to speculate. I was going to ask, like, do you maybe try to trade for some more draft picks or trade them away and try to trade for player like domestic players as well as internet? But it's just, it's too early. The draft isn't even until mid-January. We're, what, two months out from the draft? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Which I will be at, by the way. So half of two drunk fans, at least, will be there. But... <laughs> One drunk well, fan in, will be it's, there. It's in it's in Baltimore, right? Yeah, it's in Baltimore. I, I like Baltimore. Well, come to Baltimore, and then two drunk fans will be there. Well, we'll have we'll have drunk con. Drunk con, yeah. Oh my god, can we talk about that too? Oh, uh, yeah, we can talk about drunk con and how it was pretty awesome. Thanks, Portland, for hosting drunk con. Uh, yeah, no, we can we can definitely do something at the draft. I would like to to make that happen. I need to see how work goes. So yeah, try to see you guys at the draft in January. You got two months to plan, which is more time than U.S. Soccer has given some fans to plan for games. So, all right, questions because it's our fiftieth, and we there's no actual Woso things going on in the world right now. Yeah, it does suck a little bit that our fiftieth episode falls during the silly season, but. What can you do? Except I mean, next I... time we decide to do a podcast, I guess we just plan better. Uh, planning better? Is that really something that, that you can do? Like, I don't think that's in our mission statement an adult. anywhere. I think the moment we called it two drunk fans. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some questions, just a couple, and we're going to answer them. <laughs> we are going to answer these questions. Bye, God. <laughs> You are such a bad, like, radio host. I'm a great radio host. How dare you? I used to have a radio show in uh, high school. We are gonna answer <laughs> these questions. Well, there's not gonna be a gap, is there? Because I have control over the editing. After this break. First question. Jacob on Twitter asks, you're gonna share a pizza with any player at NWSL. Who is it and what's on the pizza? Oh, shit. Yeah? Yeah, I I would share my favorite pizza in the entire world is in New Haven, Connecticut. There's a restaurant there called Bar, and they make a. Have you ever had New Haven pizza? No. It's like super super thin crust pizza. They cut it up into squares, like they cook it on. Yeah, it's it's different pizza, but um, 
they have a mashed potato, bacon, and cheese pizza uh, at their restaurant that is to die for. So number one, I know what pizza I would have. I don't know what player I would have it with, though. I, that's part of the question, though. You have to answer. I know. That's I how know. questions I'm, I'm work. About it, but you, I responded with, "What is my favorite pizza?" I'm thinking about the player thing. I'm thinking. I've got my answer. Well, then answer, and then we'll throw my answer in. No, at the end. I want you to answer all now, so it's all in one chunk. <laughs> okay, so I would have that pizza, and I would really like to have that pizza with Julie Foudy, man. <gasps> wow, that is a great, oh, and then you could have like a dessert pizza with her afterwards. I know, right? Like, how do I not have mashed potato and bacon pizza? Yeah, but the Foudy question is. In New Haven, Connecticut, but the question, at a brewery. But the question is with any player in NWSL. Oh, I don't have the question in front of me. So um, I would uh, choose. To have said pizza with, I mean, man, she's probably on both of our lists, but Becky Sarver. God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. That was mine. That was mine. God damn it. <laughs> you wanted me to answer with my pizza selection. So you... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that any question that is a with a player and it's something we would enjoy, it's going to be Becky Sarver. Yeah. Quite frankly, Becky Sauerbrunn owes me a slice of pizza after what she did to me after the NWSL final. I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, it ended with me sleeping face first on your kitchen floor, so. Wait, what? Uh, so, so I, I bounce up to Becky Sauerbrunn at the uh, NWSL final party. And I tell her, you know, I'm a big fan. Congratulations. Uh, me and my friend would like to buy you any drink that you would like in the bar. And then Becky Sauerbrunn being who she is, and who she is as someone who goes fucking hard, goes a shot of Jameson. Sure. At this point, I'm already like four, five, six shots in, maybe somewhere around that number, plus a variety of other drinks. And I'm like, I should probably stop. But okay, we bop over to the bar, do our shots, and then that was really the last time I was coherently able to speak for the rest of the night. So Becky fucked you up. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Reba don't play. No, no, she doesn't. That's a fun story, though. Yeah. Becky Sarabon would definitely be on my list for NWSL Pizza Party. I would have a a feta and artichoke thin crust pizza with Becky Sauerbrunn and Heather O'Reilly. Because I figure uh -huh. I'm, I'm in Kansas City, so I'll just do FCKC players and grab her and Heyo and, you know, if anybody else wants to come along. But those two. We'll talk about boys. Is that what you do at a pizza? I don't know. I don't know what girls do when they get together. Really? I don't know what straight girls do when they get together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that that's a blow, buddy. That's a that's a blow. No, I guess we talk about like soccer and life and why did I choose this pizza? You could tell them really fun stories about, like, your name and pizza and your cat and stuff. Stuff. I could tell them about, hi, Stephanie, I am also Stephanie. That's a story right? about my name. I think I think that is, like, your your new party joke. It's It's better than, it's a story I'm allowed to tell as opposed to 
everything that happened in 2013 after the championship. Yeah, yeah. We don't speak of such things. Because nothing happened. Next question. This question is from Sunny or SJAC16 on Twitter. Jack? 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 S Jack? I don't know. Have there been any off season moves that have shocked you guys, and are there any you're anticipating still? Um, I was a little blown away by the the package trade deal thing to Orlando, but I wasn't shocked by it. I'm I'm anticipating the the sky to fall uh, around January, around the time that the NWSL is happening, or I'm sorry, the NWSL draft is happening, the college draft. I think things are going to get pretty crazy. And I just, I don't know when, when rosters freeze and when they open up and, and all that different stuff. So I don't know when these deals are going to come through and, and things like that. But when does, uh when did the European leagues end? They're, they're over sometime in like May. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of activity then too. I think we've got a pretty good rhythm going on. I agree in that. Uh- the move that hit me the most didn't super shock me, which was Maddie Evans getting ganked by Orlando. Because the moment I saw her on the unprotected list, just in my gut, even though I think it's on record as me saying the Breakers weren't going to lose anybody to Orlando, it just it hit me like a, a ton of bricks, and each brick is made out of lead. It just socked me so hard that, I don't know, the complexity of the Alex Morgan to Orlando trade kind of surprised me a little bit, like all the machinations that went into it and all the side trades and how complex it was. In terms of anticipating season moves, shocking or otherwise, I think you're right in that it'll start to get hectic around the college draft. In between now and then, there might be some cool uh, signings international or otherwise, but there'll... I don't think there'll be anything too anything on on the Alex Morgan level. I don't think there'll be anything like that unless somehow some team is like, "Hey, by the way, we signed Marta." I just don't right? think that's going to happen. Yeah, I I guess I guess I'm feeling pretty uh I don't know, like I don't have to be online all the time like something's going to sneak through. There there it's just not that time of year. Last question at Dance Master asks if current players choose not to play in 2016 NWSL and go overseas, do you think they should be able to come back no problem? Yes. I think it's a player-by-player player situation. How did they leave their club? Did they pull a, mm, no, I'm not going to play this season when their club had been expecting them to? Then that's like a shitty personal slash business thing that they're going to have to sort out. But, you know, if they're not under contract... That's equally as on the club. That's equally on the club for not tying down a player who has to work their options. It's not like they made a million dollars last year. They got to go where the work is. Yeah, I think I think that's the that's the point with my 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 answer was yes, and that that speaks specifically to your contract point. I think the NWSL that's one area that that they're going to have to really get better at and grow and develop to get us from NWSL 0.5 to NWSL 1.0 because players need to start having some rights in this league and they need to start being able to have some flexibility. And if they need 
the resources to go to Europe or that they can get in Europe, they need to be able to do that and not worry about the repercussions of like, uh, what, who's going to sit on their paperwork back here or who's not going to allow, you know, that paperwork to go through. I think that there definitely needs to be more fluid, uh, transfers that are available. And that's just going to grow the legitimacy of this league across the, the world, across the world. Um, that's just going to grow the legitimacy of the league on, on the world stage. So I have been offline more or less for the last like uh, three months. <laughs> um, what is this thing that we're doing? Something about a scarf and something about your favorite memories? Yeah. To commemorate our 50th episode, we're doing a prize giveaway. We asked all of you to tweet some of your favorite podcast moments at us. And we got some pretty good ones in there. Uh, a lot of people actually said Ella Masser, the interview with her. Which that was I, that was fun. That was a really great high point because Ella Masser is a great interview. Um, she's not really hamstrung by having to stay on message. She's one of those athletes who A, is in a position to, and B, is of a mind to speak her, speak her mind without having to mm, temper it too much. She's mm -hmm. diplomatic, but still very honest, I think. Somebody said anything from our time in Canada. Oh, boy, that was fun. Canada all, of was those, all of those candid stuff just talk into my phone. I know you're drunk. Just talk into my phone. Yeah, I don't remember half of what I said on the night of the final when we were just completely bushed <laughs> from the game and then running around Vancouver and then all the drinking and dancing. So, like, the emotional plus physical toll of it, we were just sitting in a burger joint after midnight, waiting for food. Trying to trying to make sure Gurky doesn't kill the person behind behind the counter who told us it was going to be, like, a five-minute wait. Yeah, and instead we were there for, like, half an hour. Yeah. And she was hungry. Someone described that moment as utter exhaustion and delirium. Uh, and I think that's correct. <laughs> It was awesome. Dude, we we saw uh, Carly Lloyd Patrick in a World Cup final together. That, I mean, whew. And then uh, another comment was that our Amy Rodriguez episode done in the style of Serial was a oh, highlight yeah. for them. Oh, yeah. Episode 28. Girl. Yeah. That was a good one. That was about a year ago. It was, I mean, t episode 28. It was... It yeah. was. I want to say it was like January. Yeah, it would have been wow. about that. January, February. Wow. I remember that was a really steep learning curve for me, learning to use our editing software to insert a bunch of different clips and kind of meld them all together. And I can, um, I remember listening to it. And if I listen to it now, I think I'd find it um, a little bit rough. I've learned a lot since then, but just learning as I went trying to piece that together it was such it's not that I didn't enjoy it I actually really enjoy figuring things out and putting together like a, a puzzle it, it was just a little bit stressful but in a good way in mm -hmm. a in a yeah, way where in, in a learning like yeah. exercising your brain sort of way yeah at the end of the stress where you have a product and that you're pretty proud of it especially my fake Tom Sermani interview wait that wasn't really Tom Sermani no it absolutely was it's definitely him Jim, Jim Sermani. Jim, Jimothy Sermani. 
Jim Timothy Sermani. Yeah, you got to keep the joke going, dude. Tom, Tom is dead. Long live Jim. Right. Uh, we had another favorite moment about you when you forgot how to math in Dirk and Do Nots. Six plus three is nine. Add another zero. That's nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I miss getting drunk for these. I'm gonna get drunk for the next one. Good because the name of the podcast is Two Drunk Fans, and lately we haven't been in a position to get drunk when we record. I know it's just oh God, man. My work is so busy right now, and like that's what's kind of nice about this is during the footy season, my work is actually pretty slow. So I can have way more fun with podcasts, but then like as soon as the school season starts or the school year starts, I'm like, F my life. And then I start saying things like F my life as opposed to fuck my life. And it's all less fun. Oh, it's uh, okay. Though. I love my job. Another favorite moment was when my cat Schmidt was on the podcast. Yes. I love it when Schmidt decides to join the conversation. Schmidt has been on the podcast many times. It's just that I edited him out, usually. And then last time, I was like, I can't. Just fuck it. Fine. Be on the podcast if you want. He, yeah. He wouldn't I stop think, crying. I think Schmidt should have a, a special episode. A regular a special episode just for Schmidt to talk yeah. about cat issues and soccer? Yeah. Like the talk Anfield cat? Pitch, pitch invasion. Yeah, yeah. The best ways to pitch invade. How to or go viral. The best cat scarves, because Portland has one. And then our uh, last favorite moment here is when Thrace starts to sing Montel Jordan's 90s hip-hop classic, This Is How We Do It. Always. You're, you sing that quite often. Not that often. Yes, you do. You just edit that thing out. I haven't sung it in months. We haven't recorded in months. We recorded three weeks ago. Okay, fine. And we'll record again in two weeks, and that's going to be our Abby Wambach special. Yes, our next episode will be kind of a retrospective on Abby Wambach's long career and the ups and downs of it. She's been and around a long feelings, time. our feelings. Feels. All of our feelings, positive and negative. Because, like a lot of big figures in history, I mean, people have complex feelings towards her. You yep. can, I mean, there are a lot of people who just idolize her without any, anything more complex than that. Um, but I think it does both her and them a disservice to not acknowledge all the things that make up the whole person, human being, that is Abby Wambach. I read a great article on Ronda Rousey the other day that basically laid it out in that um, people don't want to acknowledge her mistakes or give her room to make them. Because they need her to represent something for them. To be a symbol or an idol, whoever they look up to. And I think part of it is also, you know, if you're a fan of something, you don't want to admit that that something can have a bad side to it. I'm guilty of this too. So. It's it's a lot of a lot of feelings that we're going to unwrap. I really, uh, I really hope that I am drunk for that one. I think I will be drunk also. <laughs> I, I think we should actually put that one on the calendar. Oh, yeah. And yeah. make sure that we, we have ample resources and recovery time for that one. Yeah, I'll pencil into the calendar along with like a big six-hour chunk afterwards for sobering up. Right. Mine is just going to be bedtime. <laughs> okay. Well, we will be announcing winners tomorrow from, well... Based on how long it takes to edit this, we might actually announce winners before this episode comes out. So who knows? 
But congratulations to whoever ends up winning the prizes. We are handing out some stickers, some coasters, and one lucky fan is going to get a Two Drunk Fans scarf. This has been episode 50 of Two Drunk Fans. Once again... Popping bottles off in here. Or not popping bottles because your immune system needs the boost and I'm addicted to sugar. <laughs> well, there, there, there's sugar in the popping of bottles. Yeah, I think I'm getting diabetes actually, so I should probably stop. Stop it. Stop it. Don't joke about diabetes. I'm not joking about diabetes. It runs in my family. Then stop drinking 99 cent sugar water <gasps> from okay, fine, CBS. Fine, 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 fine.